Welcome to Da Vinci's Discourse, where the minds of today's most innovative entrepreneurs are unveiled and explored. And my name is Kyle Campbell, your guide on this journey into the depths of the entrepreneurial psyche. So sit back, relax, and get ready to dive into the minds of the greats. This is Da Vinci's Discourse. Okay, perfect. Let's get right into it. So Krista, you know, tell me about yourself. I'm curious about you. What do you do? Sure. So I'm a sales copywriter. I write direct response campaigns for coaches, course creators, and influencers in the digital marketing world. I help them sell more of their products and services to the people that they're trying to serve. But I didn't have really a traditional start. I actually dove into sales copywriting accidentally (laughs) after going through a failed business. So I went from zero clients, zero network, zero ads budget and just kind of bootstrapped my way to a full-time business as a sales copywriter in about a year went from zero to 250k run rate and now i train freelance copywriters moms how to do what i've done oh nice okay right on so um freelance copywriters who are moms is your target audience that's an interesting niche okay very cool Well, they always say the person you can help the best is the person that you were. And that's what I was. I was mom of two. My business had failed. And I was like, I don't want to go out and get a nine to five. I don't want to go out and try to find a job to replace that income. I think that there's something there for me that I could do from home. And I think that I can figure it out. And I know there's a lot of moms out there that are in the same boat. They're like, I had kids because I want to spend time with my kids. You know, I want to be able to be in the bleachers for their sporting events. I want to be able to be the PTA mom if I want to. I want to be able to work when they're sleeping and have the freedom to travel. So I just really felt strongly that the person I could help the best was the mom that I was, you know, six years ago. And it's been a lot of fun. Mm, I love it. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a lesson to be learned there that you can help who you were and maybe that's the best service that you can provide. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, let's get into the copywriting end of it. I'm so curious how you think about the whole process of writing copy. Um, let's sure. say that, yeah, absolutely. Let's say that I'm a client and mm-hmm. you know, just kickstart a campaign for me. Where do you start with the whole process? How do you think about it? I start with their target audience. So who are they trying to reach? Who is that person? What are the problems that they have? What are the pain points that they're dealing with? What are they trying in order to solve their problems right now? How is that or not working for them? What does that make them feel like? We get really deep into how that person describes what they're going through. How aware are they of the solution? You know, what point do we need to start communicating with them that it will help them take that journey side by side with my clients through the copy to make it all the way to the purchase. So totally start with research, have a very in-depth research model to be able to really crawl into people's brains and be able to pull out the messaging Mm. that they really need to hear Mm. at the exact moment that they need to hear it. How do you crawl into somebody's brain to know what they need to hear? It's so interesting. I do a lot of, well, I ask the clients a lot of questions because they should know their target audience really, really well. And sometimes I work with clients who are launching a new offer and they need help figuring that out. So I do a lot of social listening. I do a lot of research and I go to answer the public. I find out, Mm. you know, what are people searching? I look for keywords. I dive into Facebook groups and forums and and threads to find out, you know, what is their person talking about? Where do they go for help? How do they express 
their feelings about the situation that they're in. What do they think the solution is? How can we make those ahas happen that lead them to the realization that the client's offer is really the only one that's going to get them the result that they want because it's unique, different, unusual. So it really is important to have a really strong offer, but being able to communicate that with the right person in the right way mm. is going to make all the difference in the world. So a lot of, lot of social listening. Social listening. How, how would you define social listening? That's an interesting uh, term of phrase. So, I would define social listening by using social media platforms and the internet to be able to tap into the discussions people are already having mm. about the solutions and problems that my clients offers solve. So I'll go into Facebook groups and use keywords to search for pain points or different, you know, highlighted words that I know that they're probably searching that have to do with my clients offers. I'll do the same in YouTube, Pinterest, um, Google. Those are all places where people go looking for information and they use certain types of words to do it. So in that way, I, I just kind of like leverage SEO and the power of Google to put myself in the places where those people are. And mm -hmm. then I just pay attention to what they're saying, what they're writing. You know, I watch their videos, I follow their social media accounts and my clients most for the most part are established seven, eight, nine figure business owners. So they've done the work. They know exactly who their person is and their content is already optimized for that person. So that makes it a lot easier because they already know. And a lot of that base work has been done. But if we're starting from the beginning, that's, that's where we start. Okay. I love it. I love it. So let's say that I'm selling a course on how to start an agency. Uh, how mm -hmm. would you go about starting that, that research process in terms of uh, knowing what their pain points, knowing what you need to say and when you need to say it? Yeah. So I would start by talking to my, talking to you about what type of agency are you starting? What is this person likely to be experiencing right now? Where are we going to find them? I'd start lurking for Facebook groups that had agency owners in it. Mm -hmm. And I would just start watching the conversations and watching the things that they're talking about, the questions that they're asking. And we would come up with like, what are their biggest pain points that they are aware of right now? And how can we create hooks that will capture their attention? And we'd start throwing them out there where they are already mm, mm. we'd start um seeing which ones get engagement reach and you know comments likes shares and then we would start to form you know some framework for okay these are going to be the hot point topics we can leverage that to create the hooks that will convert and begin testing different types of content organically in front of that audience to be able to get, you know, a baseline for instead of just spitballing and throwing spaghetti at the wall, we want to do some organic content to see, you know, what's going to hit, what's not going to hit and kind of develop the messaging based on what the data returns. So your audience will vote with their clicks. They'll vote mm -hmm. with their watch time. They'll vote with their pocketbooks and the numbers don't lie. So we could guess all day long what prospective agency owners want to hear. But until we put messaging in front of them and see how they respond, how they vote, we really don't know. So that's something I work a lot with my clients on because many times it's hard for the client to 
remember what it was like to be the person that needed what they have. Or maybe mm -hmm. their offer isn't based on something that they needed. They just created an offer to meet a need in a different target audience. And that becomes even harder because it's hard to rewind to the person that you were before you had the solution. So it helps to have a copywriter get that third person perspective from the outside because you're not already biased. Right. Okay. So you're kind of going through that with, in terms of teaching women, what you had to go through yourself and uh, teaching them the lessons of, of becoming a freelance copywriter. Um, how do you really go back to that person? Uh, because it's such a difficult process. How do you get back to how the mindset, the state of mind, the, the emotions that you're feeling, what you're going through, how do you really yeah. go back to that person so that you can elicit that in your marketing copy? Well, I actually put my own marketing through the same processes that I require my clients to go through. So I have, to, I force myself to go through the same question and answer forms that I send them. I create my messaging intensive reports for my own offers so that I'm not letting my future biased right. seek, you know, kind of ease into my messaging that I'm purposefully and consciously putting myself back in that. It wasn't terribly mm. long ago. So that's, that helps. And also, you know, my communities, my programs, they're full of women who are still in that right now. And I'm, you know, daily having conversations and coaching with them. So it keeps it fresh as well in that way. How do you build up your community? Uh, I see, I've seen you've got a, a fair community that built up. How did you go about building that? Um, what was your process? How'd you think about it? I thought about, I did the same thing, you know, what's going to catch attention? What can I offer that would be valuable that would also showcase that I know what I'm talking about, that I'm a trustworthy person, that I'm there to help and not just to make money off of somebody. And really, I just got consistent about showing up online and posting content for that woman mm. and just a cumulative effect of that. I have run some like video view nurture ads. And when I run my challenges and stuff, sometimes I'll run ads for lead gen. But overall, most of my growth has come through just being consistent about showing up on my social media platforms every day, you know, being consistent about what I talk about and mm. interacting with other people's audiences as well you know people bring me in to do trainings for their audiences and a lot of word of mouth and referrals as well which is super nice yeah us too i love the referrals there's nothing better than a, a free client coming in because then you've got no ad costs no client uh, acquisition costs and it's a better relationship off the bat because you got somebody who's um well, they're predisposed to to like doing business with you because they heard about you from somebody that they like already. And that liking bias kind of transfers over to you as well, which is so interesting, right? Um, yeah, it is. It's like it comes with the trust built in already. Yeah, exactly. So the question becomes, how do you orchestrate these referrals? How do you do it? You know, I was thinking about that this week because I have some openings in my agency right now. I do work with clients as well. And I was remembering what one of my mentors used to say, and it applied in a different way to my business. He used to say, don't worry about what other people think about you because they don't. And as I was thinking about mm, the openings that I have in my agency, I was mm. like, you know what? That is a great piece of advice when you're too concerned with what you know other people get in their nose in your business. 
but it's works the other way when you're not talking about what you do and showing up and giving your results and making that known. Um, you do want to worry about what people are, you know, because they're not thinking about you because why would they, unless you give them a reason to. So I just try again, show up. I post about the results that I've been able to get for clients and the same way for my programs and services for my students. I post about, you know, Susie landing her first 5k client after, you know, going through the client training exercises and, different things like that, but just showing proof of concept of what I do both in my agency and my coaching programs and, and not being afraid to just be honest about it and know that people are looking for somebody who can bring the proof that what they do will get the result that they say it will. Uh Oh, uh -oh. We, just lose <laughs> we lost video. And my puppy, <laughs> I have a puppy and he's uh, messing with the I see what the <laughs> puppies will do that, man. It happens. He's chewing. I've got a dog the, myself. I didn't so. He was I, chewing I, on the. Oh no! So he might have ruined it. <laughs> no, he didn't. He just like wiggled it. So. Oh, okay, okay, good. Because I had my, my dog when he was a puppy. He chewed on my mouse cord, and he uh, he, he ruined the also the plug that plugged the power into the laptop as well. Yeah, so that's always. Oh, awesome. yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. He's pretty small yet. So far, his oh, teeth don't. <laughs> so adorable. His teeth aren't too destructive, but <laughs> so far, wait until he grows a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, why don't we talk about how you know? Because this is so cool. The, the way that I think about copywriting is getting into the the minds of the person that you're talking with, um, understanding what thoughts they're having so that you can tap into what they're already thinking about instead of having to in, in, insert a new thought. Um, so the question becomes beyond researching on social media, how do you know what they're thinking about right now? Do you have, um, do you use intuition? Uh, how do you think about that process? I think intuition helps. I think I'm very empathetic and mm -hmm. don't have a hard time considering what might be going on in other people's minds, just personality wise. I think I... most really good copywriters have that natural ability to yeah. put themselves in somebody else's shoes. Um, but I also know that there are certain processes and step-by-step -step frameworks that you can use to help yourself do that as well, because you can't depend on, you know, your intuition all the time. If you're having a bad day or you're feeling off, you might not be as sharp for that. So it is important to have set systems and processes for the way that you gather information so that you know that you're ready when it's time to write. Mm, yeah, it's an interesting way of thinking about it, trying to put yourself in somebody else's shoes and really um, hear, feel, smell, taste, see how that person experiences the world. And if you can do that, then you can have that ultimate empathy and be able to write copy that resonates to the core with somebody. Uh, how do you know when you've written copy that does resonate to the core? Write for my clients, as my clients, without their target audience even being able to tell. So part of it is tapping into the target audience, Part of it is also tapping into my client's voice and really being able to mimic that effectively for them. Because 
I could write great copy, but if it's inconsistent with the way that they've been communicating with their audience, it's like a, you know, a dissonant gong for them. So I always say it's kind of a combination of, you know, putting that hat on and diving into their existing content so that I'm making sure that I'm using their little nuances and phrases. But how you know when you've hit it is when the client comes to you and is like, did I write that or did you? I don't, I can't tell. (laughs) That totally sounds like me. Oh yeah, that would have been after I hired you. So that had to be you. That's amazing. So when the client can't even tell, only Mm. it's just enhanced because, you know, the sales pieces are a little sharper according to, you know, what research has shown to work and a little, a little less clouded by any sort of offer bias that a client might have about their personal offers. Mm, What are some of those biases that you find that happen that come up when clients write their own copy that it changes completely the third party writing it? Hey, I hope you're enjoying the podcast and I want to let you know that I've got a free book that you can get if you want to tap into more of these resources and you can get that for free at kylesbook.com. Back to the podcast. Right. So the thing that I see happen most often and it happens to everyone, I have struggled with this as well, but we assume that the audience understands and knows more than they do because we understand and know more so i always hell to to get past that you know it's terrible it's it's difficult and that's where the empathy comes in right right and so a lot of times i'll see clients focusing more on the features of what they're offering and forgetting to talk about the result and the benefit and what that person's life will look like Mm. on the other side of the solution because they think i spent so many hours creating this training on this thing and that's great. And it does get that result. But if you don't spell out what the result is and they don't see why they need it, it's less compelling for the reader. Mm, so let's get into that a little bit, because, you know, I want to I'm curious how you think about how you spell that out for a client. How do you know when you've when you've um, really written something that's like going to really strike to the core to somebody um how do you spell that out to, to in your copy what are some of the tactics the strategies um that you use when you're writing so i use a lot of um mirroring mirroring their pain points mirroring what they feel like i use a lot of story to do that so i'll okay. ask the client tell me a little bit about your past with this offer. Tell me some stories, send me some video testimonials of people who have gone through this and gotten Mm. the result. So a lot of it's mirroring and then just coming alongside them and being able to tell them, I know what you're going through. I know that it feels and looks like this because when you can be the person who describes the pain and the problem the best, and they can see that you're someone who's come out the other side, they're going to trust you the most to provide the solution. Because if if the copy isn't that level of like awareness, it's just, oh, they don't get me. They don't get what it's like to be me. Easy for them. They're them. Of course they got out of this pain point because they're, you know, so-and-so. But when you can really like mirror that and use story to illustrate exactly what it looks like, what it feels like, then it's, it's really powerful. Mm. So... How do you write a story? Because I struggle with this with my copywriting. 
uh, when it comes yeah. down to it, um, what writing the making something into a story. I mean, you can look at the whole thing as a, as a story. There's a there's a, mm -hmm. a cohesion to it that there's a beginning, middle end. I mean, it does follow the story arc. But how do you think about writing a story and making something into a, a story that sells? Yeah. So there's a couple different frameworks that I teach my writers. The one that works really well for story would be the pain agitate solution. So you start by diving into the pain. Pain mm -hmm. captures cold audience the best because cold audience isn't always aware of the solution mm -hmm. or what's what the problem actually is. They're only aware of the pain. So making a statement, a short hook, talking about the pain, and then agitating it, you know, talking about what that looks like, what happened next, you know, putting their, that person in that and then bringing the aha. Okay. Then what happened to bring about that realization mm. that this is the solution and how can they get it? You know, and clearly being able to describe here is what you need to do if you want that to work for you too. Um, there's another one that's pretty simple, but effective. It doesn't dive into the specific to creating the story, but the hook story offer, you know, making sure that you're starting with something really strong to grab attention, especially if you're using it on social media. So any type of written post, video script, any of that, if the hook does not stop the scroll, they will never get to the story. You know, mm -hmm. they'll never get to the meat of it because they'll just keep going. And, you know, the more information there is available at our fingertips all the time, the less time we have to catch people's attention. Mm. So those strong hooks are really important when it comes to story, for sure. You said something fascinating that cold audiences will always respond. And it's a generalization, but I think there's a serious level of truth to this, that cold audiences will always respond most to the pain points being resonated upon right in the beginning of the copy. Um, and that goes back to the research, knowing what their pain points are. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the ways that I find the pain points with with clients is I will use ChatGPT to say, okay, so this is my target audience. I've got a, mm -hmm. a, a prompt that's pages long that I enter the, some information about the target audience, and it gives me, you know, what their their biases are, um, what they mm -hmm. what keeps them up at night, what pisses them off to no end, you know, what's their 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 pain points right now, and then. Yeah. And I'm able to use that, the, the output from that prompt as the hooks. And I can actually have it develop me hooks based on all of the previously successful hooks of all of all time, all campaigns that have worked in the past. I can have it so that that hook is is kind of morphed into what I needed to be write, write, written upon. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting way of, of thinking about it. Yeah, the story writing, I have a hard time with. Um, and so I will think about that. Is there... What about, I've heard people talk about copywriting and writing stories and copy as almost a, it's like a screenplay. Um, there's this, Maybe? there's this book called, um, I can't think of it right now. There's something about uh, a cat. There's a cat in the title. Anyways, it's a, uh, it's a copywriting book, but it's about screenplay writing. And yeah. I'm curious what you think about the, the differences between writing copy and writing uh, even a, a novel, uh, you know, a fiction novel. Oh, sure. Yeah. So how do you, how do yeah. you think those? So copy in general, because it has to capture attention so quickly and hold it, mm. copy in general is a lot more concise. It tends to be a lot shorter because 
when you're writing for a long form script or a book or a novel, that person has chosen something that they know is rather sizable and in their mind, they've set aside that time and focus for it. Mm. So you can really dive into plot and description and background. Whereas with copy, you've got to get to the point sooner because especially if it's for digital, because their inbox is going to go off. Their messenger DMs are going to blow up. Mm. Their phone is going to ring. So you have to be able to concise it down to the most vital information mm. to really keep leading them to the conclusion that you want them to have. So whereas you could get more in-depth about you know scene and emotion and background in the longer form works, you need just enough to keep their focus and their attention and their connection each step of the way with direct response copy. Because really your your end goal for that is for them to click. You mm. want them to take the action. So if you think about the sales journey as a brick by brick, each stage, each step in the value letter, getting them to take that action, you want to give them exactly what they need and not make them wait for it, you know, not belabor the point so that they give up like, okay, I'm never going to get to the solution here because they're still talking. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, and I've heard that the longer the sales letter, generally speaking, the higher it'll convert. Uh, that goes back to it the direct can. mail campaigns. Um, direct mail is a completely different animal for sure. Yeah. And it depends on the target audience. Yeah. It depends on the generation that you're sending it to. Mm -hmm. um, really, the only way to know if long or short will convert better is to test it. Yes. So I always recommend that my clients try both versions, starting with ad copy, try a long and a short, then landing pages, long and short. When I write longer landing pages, they tend to convert better than the shorter ones. But I do think like there's a limit, like there are such a thing as too long of landing pages. And, but there are ways that you can work around that too. You can have call to action buttons throughout so that the fast action, quick buyers always have the opportunity to click whenever they want to. Whereas you, you know, for the people who are more cautious, mm -hmm. they still have more to read, more, you know, objection busters, more questions answered, more descriptive ways of describing the result. Mm, okay. I'm going to ask you a general question because I want to see where you go with it. Um, just straight up, how do you write copy? What does your process look like from beginning to end? Uh, how do you how do you do it? What's your routine like? Yeah. So when I write copy for a client, uh, the first thing I do is I send them some info forms so that I can get some basic information. I, I want to mm. know how well they understand their audience, mm. how well connected they, how well they've connected their offer to what their audience actually needs. Mm. Um, when they send those back, I go through them and then we do an onboarding call where I'll ask any fill in questions and I'll take a look at their data. What's converting? What's not converting? What are they running? What's been successful? It obviously different with the new offer because they don't have data yet. But if it's you know something that's a rewrite or something that's a, a new launch for an existing product, we can look at the data to see what's been working, what hasn't, and go from there. But I start with I start by outlining the journey. Mm. What mm. bricks do I need to put in the path? to keep that person moving 
what things need to be pushed out of the way with the copy, you know, when they're only pain aware, first you have to educate them on what the problem is. Once they know what the problem is, they have to be able to understand what the solution in general is. Once they understand what, the, and so on and so forth, they, you know, the product and, and the offer, and then they'll take an action. If you try to skip the steps, you'll lose a bunch of people. It'll be less effective. So I start by considering what those bricks will be. Mm. And I look at where their target audience is right now. Are they marketing to warm? Are they marketing to cold? And then we create like that journey of ahas and discoveries that we're going to be taking that person on. And then I think about what the hooks will be for each individual piece of copy. So I do a lot of full launch packages. So everything from lead gen mm -hmm. to webinars, sales, retargeting, ad copy all the way through. So it's, it's really, it's kind of like a building. You start with the foundation, then you build in the frame and then you put all the finishing touches on. Mm. Let's go with the metaphor of 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 the yellow brick road. That's the that's what I think of. You're building a path mm -hmm. to Oz. Um, maybe a bad example because at the end of the yellow brick road, it turned out it was a, a fugazi. But whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll, right, right, right. We'll, we'll we'll go with the metaphor of building a road. Um, how do you know what bricks to use? Some things that will hold people. Up. I always make sure we address the most common objections, either through story or just, you know, factual breakdown of the benefits and results. So that would be time, money, um, ability and results. People mm -hmm. want to know, can I afford this? Do I have time to do it? Will I be able to do it? Will it work? You know, so we, you know, we start with those. We really make sure that we're honed in on the exact like description of end result that they want and how the offer is going to get them there. What makes it unique? What makes it different? What makes it party of one? You know, why have the other things they've tried not worked? We mm -hmm. have to be able to describe that super clearly. Otherwise you're going to be competing on the basis of price. And that's a race to the bottom that nobody wants to win. Right. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of looking at the audience, connecting the audience with the offer and thinking about what do they need to hear, know, and understand in order to feel safe to buy. Mm, to feel safe to buy. How do you make somebody mm -hmm. feel safe to buy? Let's say you're, you're writing a sales letter, right? So, you know, how mm -hmm. do you make somebody feel safe that this is going to be the right decision for them? Well, you, like I said, you, you have to be able to come alongside them and understand their pain. Yeah, you right. have to be able to indicate that you know what they've tried before and why it hasn't worked. Otherwise, it's just a shot mm. in the dark. You know, it's just another offer that they'll be mm. spending money on. Um, and you have to be able to break down the questions that they have and answer those fears and concerns that they have about their ability to get results with that offer. Um, it's based, It's really just about listening and then filling in the gaps for them. Mm. Testimonials work really well. Case studies work really well. Guarantees really help frequently asked sections and sales letters and funnels really help, you know, so there's a lot of different you know, um, strategies that you can use within your sales copy to really bring that solid feeling of trust and safety. 
Mm, okay, so let's say you've researched your target audience, you know what their objections are going into the writing of the copy. Uh, how do you handle an objection? You know, I think about it as as unrooting the tree and replacing it with uh, at first a small seedling and then letting it grow and blossom with your words that you use. The words are the nutrients Right. that grow the tree. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, how do you think about, you know, replacing a, a belief, uh, which is an objection with another belief that's in line with what you're selling? Right. So what you have to do is first you have to describe carefully. I'm going to put this thing down <laughs> to describe carefully what the misconception is in a way that lets them off the hook. <laughs> mm. So you don't want to be blame game guilt and shame that doesn't create trust that creates fear and that creates Mm. unhappy customers chargebacks refunds you know and people who bounce immediately because they only bought out of fear so yeah you have to be able to really dial in on letting them off the hook telling them it's not their fault that the reason you haven't gotten the result before is because this thing you didn't know and only this solution comes through for you in that way. Like I said, that unique selling proposition, it's super important because it's not like there's a shortage of products and service providers out there who can do something or claim that they can get a result for somebody. People really want to know like, but why? And if you can't explain why, then they'll just look at the price and say, well, I think I can find something cheaper. Mm. Mm. Okay. I love that. Yeah. It's a, it's a fascinating way of looking at it. Um, really. Um, what's a question that I'm not asking, but should be asking that would provide the maximum amount of value for somebody listening. Lee, you would want to ask if you are a business owner or someone who writes your own copy who is watching right now, they would probably want to know what's something I can do today to help me write better copy for my audience. And to that, I would say, go talk to your audience. Mm. Go ask your, goodness, buddy, go ask your clients and your customers why they picked you. Go ask them how they felt before they worked with you and how they feel now. Um, ask them about the results they've gotten and really pay attention to the words that they're using. Because when you can back in your marketing, um, that's super, super powerful. So always target audience focus, target audience focus. You know, I write for the client, but I write to their target audiences. So in that way, the audience weighs heavier than the client's perceptions of what needs to be said until we really get to the root of how the audience responds. So put your audience in the driver's seat of what you should be saying, what you should be talking about, and what should lead those conversations. That is what will help you get the best results. Now, what do you say to the woman who's watching this in your target audience for like a mom who's watching this and thinking this all sounds like way too much. It's, it's difficult. It's, um, it's hard to wrap my head around exactly what other people are thinking and to write in their shoes. Um, so how do you, how do you respond to something like that? Sure. So to that, I say there are systems and frameworks that you can use that will help you know that you can write to get results for any client, any product or service, any audience, any time when you 
know how to implement these systems and processes, then you can bring that to the table and really, really get excellent results for your clients. So it's a matter of finding the right person to teach you, mm. finding the right information to learn from, uh, reading a lot of really good copy, listening to digital marketing experts in all kinds of different areas, you know, listening to what video specialists have to say about what works, listening to what funnel designers have to say about works, listening to what email marketers have to say about what works, and just being willing to keep practicing your craft, keep practicing your craft and pay attention to what the data says. So when the analytics start to come in, the funnels and the ads, really learn how to read them so that you can tell where people are getting stuck and that will tell you where tweaks and changes can be made. Mm, I love that. Where do you find your copywriting to study? Um, I study a lot of the people out there who are, I, I look for the people who are running the same ads over and over because you know they would not be spending money on ads that didn't work who i know their businesses are generating millions every year and i i like creep their funnels i'll click on an ad and i'll just go all the way through i'll sign up for the emails i'll sign up for the newsletter i'll download the lead magnet so i study that a lot i also read a lot so i've got like a whole bunch of books over here i've got your psycho cybernetics and your predictably irrational and your ultimate sales letter and your expert secrets. And I do read a lot from copywriting experts because I know that that helps keep it sharp. There's a lot of good material out there that you can learn from. Mm, and then if somebody wanted to learn from you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah. So I have a free Facebook community called Wordy Mama on Facebook. And I also have a Wordy Mama Copywriting Academy and a certification program for high-level direct sales. So best place to find me is the Wordy Mama free community and just request to join. I'll let you in and we can go from there. Awesome. I love it. So that's the beginning of your funnel entry point. And then maybe there's less to be learned there too for a newcomer. Um, anything else you want to add? I don't think so. Okay, right on. Well, I had a blast. I love talking about this stuff. It's it's one of the passions that I have, and I think we share that passion. Uh, so I do. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So it's been a pleasure, man. If, if there's nothing else, uh, I've got no more questions for you. So I appreciate your time here, and um, thank you, Krista. Yeah. All right. I hope you enjoyed that podcast episode. And if you want to get a free copy of my book, go to kylesbook.com, and you can get a copy there. I'll talk with you soon.